Hey, wait, should we should we all agree on D D? Sure. <laughs> oh, thanks for the resounding sure. There's probably a reference there. Thanks for the memes. <laughs> hey, it's Corey, your DM. Welcome to Vibe Proficiency, a DD podcast about death, maniacal laughter, and uh, getting your vampire friend, I guess. I hope this podcast finds you well and that the new year is treating you all right so far. Uh, I don't know if you're the New Year's resolution type, but uh, Chandler has informed me that his resolution is to play more of this game. So uh, we'd better just jump into this thing, huh? Uh, Before I let you go, though, uh, just a reminder that you can reach out to us on Twitter at Vibe Proficiency and that we really appreciate anyone who's rated the show wherever they listen. Uh, And if you haven't, well, we still appreciate you for coming back every time we drop an episode. Uh, All right. You know how this works. Uh, Time for the episode. I will see you on the other side. Thanks. Okay, uh, I'm just going to be honest, gang. I uh, I can't find my notes on last session to do a proper recap. So uh, from memory here, just this afternoon, I, I wrote down, Peck touched the crown. So That's pretty <laughs> much the only story development that we did. No, I tried to learn about blood magic. I tried to learn about becoming a god. Mm. We got... We got some Listen, armor for our pets. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we're you did beef up, up your pets, pets right a bit. Now. Also, we met that fortune teller. <laughs> what did we do? Did we? Yeah, Terran Morningfall. <laughs> oh, we did do oh, that. Well, yeah. Who cares about that? We did. We You're killed right. that guy. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> forgot about that. Cadmist uh, also got pickpocketed. I got robbed. Yeah, I got robbed. <laughs> yeah, we did. almost had a sincere moment, and then it ended. Almost. <laughs> so and I think Cadmus will murder that person if he ever sees them. We'll see. I told you that I did make a note of remembering what they look like. Yeah, you, you remember what they look like. Um, um, but I'm going to try to not be so angry anymore. Because <laughs> I'm like, Cadmus is like going off the rails. On a crazy train? <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, in my notes, I wrote. Um, yeah, do you, Tyler, remember what the thief looked like? Uh, it was a young thief in a red scarf. <laughs> That's all I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, and like nobody has ever changed their outfit before, so you're going to be just fine. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm going to take the first person with a red scarf. You know what it is? Is that thing where if he takes it off, his head will just topple to the ground? Mm, that happened to a friend of mine in college. <laughs> um, Corey, I want to go back and change my feet from Sentinel to Keen Mind. <laughs> I mean, maybe a touch late on that one for now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what's up guys welcome back what's up gamers it's your boy I just finished my uh, my fun fact just finished it <laughs> okay uh, Becca usually goes first right I'm definitely ready for this <laughs> take your time uh, I will begin <laughs> hi I am Rebecca I am playing Mira she is a tiefling druid and my fun fact for today is on her staff which she made she carries her spellcasting elements, so she has some mistletoe on there, and she has her shamrocks, but the one thing that she loves to have on there that serves absolutely no purpose is she likes to look for shiny little rocks, and she adds them into the little wood carvings on her staff. And I uh, mostly say this fact because I counted my dice the other day, and I have almost 50 dice sets. <laughs> I mean, I respect the hell out of that. Uh, I'm Casey. I play Kira. Uh, she's a Kalashtar monk. Kira's fun fact for today is she enjoys reading, as you know most people do, but she really only repeatedly reads one book. She reads other books like here or there, but she 
carries around her favorite book in her pack. Uh, her favorite book is Do Half-Elves Dream of Half-Shorn Sheep by Phineas J. Bick. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, she carries that around with her and she reads that in her downtime when she's not talking to Thaddeus. Uh, she rereads it over and over again because it's her favorite book. Could you could you read us a quick uh, excerpt from the book? Uh, I don't have it on me. It's it's in her pack. I'm going to have to go get it. <laughs> well, just from just your favorite line. I mean, I haven't read it. She's read it. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Uh, have we already discussed like how she goes about reading? Like, I assume it's in, it's Braille? in Braille. Come on, Corey. God, okay, wow. listen. Like, we established that she's got a spirit that acts as her eyes, and she's in constant contact with. Right? Like, I, I thought this was like a childhood favorite or something. But if she got the book after that, yes. But no, she had this. Uh, oh, dingus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would be from before she was blinded. Okay. <gasps> so she's had this one just like forever. Like it's a really old favorite for her. Yeah. And it is or isn't Braille. It's not Braille. Okay. <laughs> if I can retcon that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if she can read Braille, that's rad too. Or yeah, you know, it could be like a um, book of Eli. <laughs> if that's exactly what I was just going to say, it could be like a book of Eli situation where she just yeah. read it so many times that she's memorized it. That's great. And then Gary Oldman comes and tries to read it and goes, ah, beans. <laughs> Okay, I just wanted to make sure they were done. <laughs> Sorry, um, yeah. I'm Tyler. I play Cadmus Lightbringer, the half-orc paladin. And a uh, fun fact for Mr. Cadmus is that when he was younger, in his younger days of training and learning how to be a paladin, uh, one night he went to a local tavern with some friends. Uh, they had a stand-up night. Uh, so that's when he tried and failed at comedy. Um <laughs> I have a couple jokes prepared. Oh my god, please. Okay, um, how many paladins does it take to install a ceiling lamp? How many? How many? Two. One to screw the bolts in, and the other to hold up the light. <laughs> oh, okay. That was a slow burn. A paladin takes his car to the mechanic, and he goes, Hello, sir, whenever I'm driving my car, I get these strange urges to run over people. The mechanic goes, hmm, that's interesting. He looks under the car and goes, oh, I see the problem. Your alignment's off. <laughs> um, he never tried comedy again after that night. Why? He had such promise. I just love the fact now, because when we last left off, Kira was performing her flute for money. And if that fails, we know Cadmus can stand up and at least tell some jokes. It was from his younger days. <laughs> you broke Chandler with that one. That, one, that was great. I'm, I'm in tears. I, I'm going to need you to prepare at least three oh, more gosh. jokes in the next 15 minutes. Oh. So that when we throw you to the wolves in the game, Oof. you can tell some oh. in-game jokes. Hopefully there's a zombie apocalypse about to happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kelly, good luck following that, I guess. Okay. Um, so uh, I play harp. She is a changeling. Um, this time, uh, yeah, that's it, right? Oh, yeah, she's a ranger. Cool. <coughs> so, uh, here's her fun fact. She's not a comedian. Uh, she, uh, never really had a lot of friends growing up, and that's mostly because her mentor thought that attachments weren't a good thing since she traveled a lot and, uh, they were sort of a liability. So that's why, uh, Cheddar is so special to her, because Cheddar's kind of her first friend. Um, she also really likes the group she's in, but she's still skeptical of Cadmus because he doesn't like any criminals. 
and Fair. doesn't really know how that's going to go. She's not skeptical of pet. You're not skeptical of the dragon? Well, I mean, do you want to know her feelings about everybody? It's just... Yes. Yes. Oh, no. This was a mistake. <laughs> um, she likes Mira the most, if that matters. <laughs> it does to me. She's kind of neutral about Kira, but is more curious than anything else, especially after she Curious? Witnessed- <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling Kelly's uh, blended some of her... Uh, her feelings into this? Uh, what? Kelly, you're a little biased? <laughs> I'm not biased. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and, about, and about Peck? How she does... finds Peck annoying, but <laughs> she doesn't really care. <laughs> How does she feel about Athena, the poet of justice? Oh, the big um, questions. I don't, I don't think she cares about Athena. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I, I, as me, have not given it much thought, so I haven't given her. But you've given enough thought <laughs> I to don't decide know. that she thinks Peck is annoying. Well, mostly because she <laughs> finds Peck to be a liability more than anything else. Oh, we're about to see that coming. Oh, Peck's doing great. Like, she doesn't really oh? care about all the stuff Peck does. That's wrong. She just cares about getting in trouble for it or getting caught is probably the best. Listen, like, Peck has never done anything wrong to this exact moment that has got any of you in trouble to this exact moment. Now, after this moment, I can't speak about what's about to happen. <laughs> right, right. It's just, it's funny that you had that opinion of Cadmus, because from Mira's perspective, Cadmus is the most straightforward. Like, sure, he's aggressive, but Mira knows where he's coming from, you know? I'm gonna kill somebody. I mean, at least you know Everyone where Everyone else stand, is kind yeah. of a mystery. She's endeared, like, she's endeared by them, but... Yeah, Cadmus to her is the only one who's like straightforward. I know what to expect from him. <laughs> See, that's, that's what how Hart feels about Mira. Because Mira just like, she feels like she knows what she's doing all the time. And she's the one who's kind of like <laughs> leading the group on in its own way. Yeah, perspective is wild. Interesting. Hey, so uh, I'm Chandler. I play uh, Elwyn Peck, the uh, elven warlock turned into a pseudo dragon uh, until he does 100 good deeds. A fun fact about Peck. Uh, is when he was, like, really, really young, uh, like, around, like, uh, you know, eight, nine in that area. He really wanted to learn about stuff, and, like, he was trying to, like, increase his knowledge. So he decided to do an experiment, you know, where, like, where you get, like, the stuff together and make, like, a little your own, like, volcano. Except he used the wrong ingredients, and he ended up blowing up his family's house. <laughs> uh, so this was why his parents ended up sending him away, and that's the last time he ever saw his parents. Oh, yeah. That took a turn. <laughs> you, you keep doing this to me. Like, I think we're in for a goof. And then, like... He got sent away to, like, a boarding school. And he never, he's, he's never seen his parents again. Okay, like, by his choice or theirs? Uh, bit of both. Yeah, fair enough. It, it's more so... It's How more old was so, he when this happened? Uh, he was about eight or nine. Huh. Our characters have a lot more in common than I realized. He got into a lot of trouble in uh, trying to expand what he thought was knowledge. Yeah, I'm with Kelly now. <laughs> we need that fireside chat. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see here. Um, I vote for the town fun fact of the day to be about uh, Ro, Ooh, the yay. female knoll from the weapon oh. shop. For Ro? I forgot we did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why does she, um, why does she work in a weapon shop? Yeah, what's her hidden okay. passions? Um, why does she care about what people do? Yeah, Corey, we don't put you on the spot enough. <laughs> we got to do it more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um... Hi, I'm Corey, and I play everyone else, including Ro, the blacksmith and owner of Ro's Place, where all these dinguses spent most of their money to buy their pet's armor. <laughs> uh, I like the secret passions question. That was good, because not a lot of people know this about Ro, but she loves interior design. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, and when she's not making weapons and armor that are, like, 
revered for their quality throughout the Moonshay Isles. She's like secretly and like showing nobody designing like wall sconces <laughs> and other things like that, like in in the same forge. Uh, and again, like not selling them at the shop or like showing them to anybody. Like she's got this sort of like tough and imposing, you know, warsmith reputation that she's like trying to maintain. Uh, <laughs> but like any metal fixture in the shop or like her own home, She's definitely spent far longer designing them and making them than anybody would guess. When we eventually like get into the fact that we like own property, can you like like slowly put in some stuff where we finally go to her and buy some wall scones from her? <laughs> yeah, your your standard wall scones. Wall scones? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wall scones. Those are my favorite kind of scones. I just it's a bit that's going to be not funny to anyone but me, but I just imagine um, the secret passion of everyone in Port Crescent being they love interior design. <laughs> Those guys were trying to open a flower shop, so you may be <laughs> onto something there. Just an ongoing thing. I assume everyone's secret passion is, uh, you know, worshipping this evil deity god and being murderers. I thought you were going to say throw and peck up in the air. <laughs> no, that's your secret passion. Hey, bud. Hate to break this to you. That's not a secret. That's a <laughs> well-known passion. It's only a secret to pack. It's going to be a really funny podcast when you finally get to listen to it. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, we kind of did the recap already. Actually, um, armor for pets uh, got in that little alley scuffle, a kerfuffle. Yeah, sort of scuffle, kerfuffle, if you will. <laughs> Uh, Peck went to the library and did some research. Was that also the episode where we went to bloodletting and Peck came in and cockblocked us? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, it, it was. was. And uh, to even the karmic scales, he had to give up the gold that Ansel had just given him to buy Denor's silence. I sure did. <laughs> it was quite a time. Yeah, and we did tell Ansel we're not staying with him because we want him to trust us, kind of, but we don't trust him. Yeah, Kira is fluting her brains out at the tavern to get enough gold to pay for her Yorick Badgerson armor as we speak. Uh, does Peck giving Kira uh, however many gold he gave her? I think it was like five. Yeah. Uh, does that count as a good deed for uh, Peckaroni? I don't know. Tip your waiters. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Yeah, I'm sure. I was! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and during that time, uh, Cadmus was robbed? What? Okay, wait. Does does robbed imply the use of force? Because this was some real finesse shit. I got like pickpocketed, pickpocketed is maybe more apt. Bamboozled. Bamboozled. Oh, even better. Uh, and while you all had a moment downstairs, Peck decided to break off and head upstairs. To try and learn and progress story. Yeah, doing the Lord's work. I appreciate that. <laughs> it did, however, result in him failing a wisdom save and giving into the temptation as the crown called him from inside the bag of holding. And we left off with him taking it out of the bag to touch it. <clears throat> I do just want to put this out here for all of those... Uh, you know, hundreds of billions listening. Uh, after the fact, I remembered that I had a point of uh, inspiration. So yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, my guy. Uh, but at least you remember you have it now. I guess which is great because when you try to kill us, you can mm -hmm, use your inspiration. Mm -hmm. We can use it to fail. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's find out then. Peck, uh, as soon as your clawed fingers make contact with the crown, your vision goes white, and that feeling that you had of the crown almost wanting you to hold it, this hunger. This greed, it's amplified as you feel a familiar feeling. It's its that feeling you can't quite put into words whenever you tap into your magic to cast a spell. But it's like its like all those nights you've forgotten your four-hour trance pouring over a book. And the next day you're so tired that your eyelid won't stop twitching. It's involuntary, like a spasm. 
This magic is just flowing from you quickly into this thing in your hands. You thought the crown had called out to you because it wanted you to use it, but this feels more like it's using you. The rest of the party in their merriment downstairs is disturbed by a quiet sense of unease, and Cadmus, attuned as you are to these things, are struck mid-sentence by the dreadful knowledge that the moment of peace you were enjoying has suddenly and abruptly ended. Undead. In numbers you couldn't have imagined before your first encounter with them in Port Crescent. Distant now, but you feel them drawing slowly nearer by the moment. What do you do? I get that feeling. Um, what I know throughout experience of this, that it's the crown? You, you can't tell for certain, but I'll say this. In your lifetime, you've never felt this sense quite so strongly so immediately. Just going to stop mid-conversation, whatever we were talking about. A force I haven't felt before of the undead is arriving where is everyone? We need to we need to make sure everyone's here. A- arriving right now? Are you sure? Yes. They're coming. They're far off. I've never felt this strength of them before. Where's Peck? I, th- I think Peck went upstairs if someone wants to get him. And then I go to Kira and I say, Sorry, I think your performance might be over. Uh, I'll rush upstairs to Peck's room. Okay. Uh, do I have control of my facilities, or am I completely under control of the crown? It's almost as if, even though the crown is drawing your magic away from you, the power that it has inside it is already like so great that it's overwhelming your senses right now. You're dizzy. You can't see. There's a ringing in your ears. But it feels like it feels when you cast powerful spells. But it feels like you're burning more than you ever have before while doing it. Uh, can I maniacally laugh? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> the Peck is maniacally laughing. I cast maniacal laughter. <laughs> Do you have to roll for maniacal? Can I roll for maniacal? Sure. Roll for maniacality, I guess. Okay. Let me let me make a quick uh, maniacal roll. Second. Just just one second. Just just hold with me here. Are you making a maniacal laugh cantrip? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 21 for Maniacal. Plus six. Plus six? <laughs> yeah, because it's deception. It, uh, natural 15 uh, plus six for uh, Maniacal. Okay, okay. Yeah, sure. Here in this moment that I had thought might potentially incite a tiny bit of dread, you instead do a cool Maniacal laugh. Because <laughs> I feel powerful. No one else is around you. Only you can hear your own Maniacal laugh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I've just always wanted to do a Maniacal laugh while holding an ancient artifact. <laughs> yes. Are you telling me that I'm not going? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what I do. That's my turn. Okay. So I'm, g- I'm going up the stairs <laughs> to Peck's room. Yeah, and as you do, you hear a pretty decent maniacal laugh coming from Peck's room. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this day would come. I draw my sword. <laughs> yes. Remember when about um, 30 minutes ago, <laughs> Tyler said that Cadmus will no longer be played as the angry one? <laughs> I mean, um, this is more of a justice <laughs> Hey, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Did you say my maniacal laugh was only pretty good? I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's not amazing. Can I use my point of inspiration to... (laughs) (laughs) That's a great use of point of inspiration right there. No doubt. So I'm going to yell for Peck, and I'm going to try to open the door. Uh, Was it locked? Uh... I'm going to say retroactively, absolutely it was. Okay, in the state you're in, Peck... The magic coursing out of you, blurring your vision, this magical wind roaring in your ears, (laughs) maniacal laughter filling the air. You hear a muffled voice at the door that you can tell is Cadmus. Uh, Cadmus, what are you yelling? I sense 
evil coming, and I'm just trying to open the door. Okay, it is locked as you jiggle the doorknob. I'm going to kick it down. Bitchin', roll strength. Oh, it was a 12. Yeah, you step back and you lift up your armored boot and just start planting big reverberant kicks right at the deadbolt until the door jam just splinters and the door smashes open. And you see Peck on his knees, a hand inside the cloth bag the crown was in. And you quickly clock the vacant and pained look in his eyes. Uh, I also just want to add, you also see uh, some books drawn everywhere, as well as my unseen servant, like holding like some some beakers and like some blood. Oof. Just because just yeah. I feel like this is important for Cadmus too, has to see the fact that I, I do am looking at blood and I do have books drawn everywhere. Yeah, that's so tasty. Uh, I'm going to shout, Peck, what are you doing? And then I'm going to rush over and like try to pull him away from the bag. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you rush over to him and snatch him up. And in doing so, you knock the satin bag out of Peck's hands and the crown tumbles out of it and rolls across the floor, just like halting against the wall on the far side of the room. And uh, like the second it's out of your hands, Peck, your vision returns and the roaring in your ears subsides and you feel weak from the expenditure of so much magic so quickly. What were you doing in this room? I, I I was I was uh, the last thing I remember the crown it, it called to me and I, I I I couldn't stop my I just there was so much so much power I I'm sorry I didn't I don't know what happened Do I still feel that same feeling I felt You do and it's nearer Whatever that crown just did an unimaginable force of the undead are on their way here because of whatever happened in this room i i i i I honestly tell you i the the crown was in the bag holding i was studying to try and figure out what all this blood magic could point to and i i don't know what happened all right so i know that chandler didn't do this on purpose but i would like to make an insight check yeah i was just thinking the same thing Uh, just for cadmus believing peck totally go for it uh 15 Yeah, you see what you feel are the signs of genuine fear in Peck's face and body language uh, as he, like, tells you all this as you hold him up to your eye level and stuff. Uh, For note, how are you you holding me? Are you, like, holding me up like you would, like, a cat and, like, looking at the cat and be like, what did you do? (laughs) You knocked over your bowl of water. I just kind of pulled you pulled you apart from. Okay. Uh, so that fell to the ground. So I imagine I'm kind of holding. I guess I'm holding you like a cat. By the scruff. I mean, it's definitely what I'm gonna draw fan art of later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna walk over and grab the crown. Yeah. Uh, if you start going towards the crown, I'm gonna tell you not to touch it. Don't 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 touch the crown. Don't don't we, do it. We can't just leave it lying yes. here. Yes, but we cannot. Uh, unseen servant, put put down. Yes, put that down. Will you put the crown back into the bag? The unseen servant then. <laughs> yeah, it does exactly what you ask of it. Uh, it's made of your magic, and it, it does what you need it to do, typically without you having to ask it out loud. So, like, before you finish your sentence, it's already working on it with, you know, like, with rigid arms and scoops up the crown and deposits it into the satin bag and, and holds it out just straight-armed towards you. I need to name this unseen servant. And uh, I command it to drop it back into the bag of holding to deal with later. Yeah, it does so. We're going to have to do something about this because we can't have it calling on to people like this. Yes. I I think we need to loop in the rest of the group. They should be on their way up here any second. Are you? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. You three make your way upstairs to find Cadmus and Peck in Peck's room. And there are like books open all over the ground and the unseen servant is standing with its arms out, holding the bag just straight out in front of it. 
and you can tell something went down here. Like, uh, I'm just putting like caps on my blood and like my my little water stuff, and just like putting those into my my little potion bag. Yeah, like scooping some stuff up. It seems the crown can control others whenever they touch it. It latched onto Peck and has now called a legion of the undead to our position. We need to let the guards know. We need to get ready. We can't let them attack the town again. If no one is wearing the crown, to hold them back. I, I think we need to go to her. To Hildry. She was able to hold the undead back from killing people the last time. And unless one of us wishes to put the crown on ourselves. But we, uh, we, we need to ask her if, for all we know, she didn't wear the crown to keep them back. We, do, we don't know exactly what happened. All right, I, su- I suppose we should go to her. The quicker, the better. And I start walking out the door. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, she's going to be so pissed at us. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I'm out of uh, spell slots. Oh, yeah. Corey, would you say that these undead zombies feel about eight hours away from us at this point? Just curious. <laughs> they do not. About four hours? Nope. <laughs> uh, what about an hour? <laughs> Cadmus, you feel them because they are, are many, not because they are here. Right, they are outside of the range of what you might normally sense, but their sheer number. Oh no! You feel them amassing, and the hair on your forearms is like standing up, and you know they're not far off. Uh, how mad would y'all be if I just lit the entire field where they come through on fire? (laughs) (laughs) She's she's a druid, but first and foremost, she is a tiefling, so she didn't learn from like druid sages. Yeah, I mean, you certainly could. Uh, What are y'all doing right now? I am as quickly as I can headed to Hildry's shop. I am following yes, all of us together. Yeah, I, I think we all okay, you all head as quickly as possible to Hildry's shop. It's closed and the lights are all out on the ground level where the shop is. Going to bang on the door and shout for her name. Yeah, you see a few passersby like kind of startle at your noises as you like wait for a response. Uh, but after a moment, you see Hildry emerge from the dim light of the stairwell. Uh, you see her like eyebrows lifted in recognition and maybe like relief as she hops towards you and she's like pulling on a pair of boots looking like she was just about to set out. And she says, I, I was just trying to come and find you. C- can you feel that? Yes. The the crown called out to our friend and it used him to summon them. Yeah, she looks at Peck as you gesture to him and gives a sort of knowing harrowed nod. Are you able to control them from killing people like you discussed? I... Maybe? I I don't know. They didn't feel this numerous last time. We just need to figure out a way to prevent casualties happening here. We're all exhausted from the day. I'm really tempted to put the crown on. Can I walk away, like, uh, just like a, a little bit of a distance away from them, just where I'm out of earshot of them? And then, like, very awkwardly, I would like to uh, bow my head and uh, using my... Uh, telepathy, which can only reach out, like I'm sending it, like in my mind, I'm like, Salaria, I know I have wronged you. I need your assistance. Help me do a good deed. Help me. What do we need to do? I've never tried to speak to Zalaria before, so yeah. I don't know how this will actually work, but right now I'm just going for a Hail Mary. It's a Hail Zalaria, actually. Ah, yeah, a, a Hail Zalaria. <laughs> Hail Zary. Uh Cadmus, roll perception. Uh, okay. Uh, 12. Okay, because of your earlier suspicions of Peck, like bringing this about on purpose, maybe, 
having caught Peck doing something that you like didn't understand and the resulting undead appearing like right then. Uh, and it like bothers you that you're still thinking this way. But when he walks away from the shop, you keep your periphery trained on him just in case. And you see him assume this posture you haven't noted him taking before. It's pietous. He's praying. And Peck, you don't know what you're supposed to be feeling or if it's supposed to feel like much of anything at all, but you can't tell if it's working. I haven't done enough good deeds. I'm willing to put it on if we have to. I am sworn to protect those that cannot be protected. And if me wearing it is the only way to stop it, I will do that. Hildry says, Cadmus, don't be rash, I beg of you. I made the same mistake playing with power I didn't fully understand, and I'd regret it to my my dying day if you were lost to it too. And she kind of like looks around at the group a moment and says, where's Kalenvor? He'd know what to do. Oh, shoot. As you know, uh, gods can be particular in when they come to you. And unfortunately, he's not with us right at the moment. At least not physically. Then she nods and says, I, I can't really claim to understand, but I, I trust you completely. We'll solve this. Peck. Uh, yes. I was just um, tying my... Uh, was there anything in your studies that had anything about the crown or uh, any information that we could use here? Nothing that I came about across concerning the crown specifically. I, that's, I was more focused on the, the, the blood magic. Nothing specifically about this crown. Cadmus, you still feel their presence like looming and drawing nearer, but you know that you have a small bit of time if you want to try and set a plan in motion. We should let the other paladins here know so that we can keep the civilians inside so we can at least prevent innocents getting caught up in this. I agree. And as reluctant as I am to let him in on this plan fully, I think we need to let Anseal know. We don't have to tell him about the crown. Not at all, but we do let it, have to let him know that undead are coming. People will listen to him before they'll listen to us. I agree. Should we go forth? Hildry nods confidently, and she says, I hate to admit it, but you're right. As Captain of the Guard, he's our only option right now. And she steps outside with you all, like locking the door behind her and starts walking north towards Moonvale Manor. Uh, do you go with her? Yes. Yeah. In a brisk fashion. I'd love that brisk right now. Brisk iced tea. Like the tea? Fashion. Yeah, you can swing by the tabernacle where they have brisk iced tea on tap. Oh, perfect. <laughs> with some lemon? Yeah, with lemon. And then perfect. you run with your to-go cups to Ansel's place. On our run over, I'm going to kind of like run next to Peck. And I'm going to turn to him just so that he can hear. And I'm going to say, did they answer back? I, 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 I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about. They hardly ever answer back. Hopefully they'll stand with us tonight. And then I'll keep running. Damn, that's okay. Yeah, uh, you all make it to Ansel's home within Moonvale Manor, the large walled keep in the north of town. Uh, what do you do? Straight up. Rushing in. <laughs> you, you blast through the front door. <laughs> Somebody working there is dusting a picture frame in the entryway and gets startled when you do. And, and he drops his duster before recognizing you. Uh, and he says, oh, uh, my apology. Welcome back. How can I be of assistance this evening? Enzo, we Enzo. need to speak to him now. Oh, of course. He's And he kind of like makes a start towards the study intending to lead you there. I would just start walking. Bolt. Yeah, he doesn't even finish his sentence before you're at the study door. And Ansel's sitting there at his desk, scribbling with a quill, and he looks up with a start, and he says, Oh, my, my friends, my apologies. I, 
I was under the impression you had procured lodging in town, or I, I would have... And, like, he sees your hurried expressions, uh, and he kind of, like, stops mid-sentence and says, Is everything quite all right? I'm afraid not. We have reason to believe that more undead are on their way, in bigger numbers than before. He sort of squints confusedly for a moment, and... Do you feel it, Anseal? I beg your pardon? This is me discovering if he's a paladin or not. <laughs> Do you feel it? Do I feel what? Cadmus. Uh-oh. That's not good. The undead are coming. I feel it. Do you not feel it? We need to alert the guards. We need to get the town to safety. He puts down what he's working on and closes his eyes, breathing deeply. And uh, he like he puts his arms out, sort of palms down, quietly sitting a moment, trying to feel what you're feeling. When his eyes are closed, can I try to look at the desk to see what he was writing? Yeah, if you're not like touching anything, you could easily take a look without him knowing. Yeah, I'm not going to move anything around. I just want to see what the... Uh... Okay, yeah. The few words you can pick out in this short time seem to indicate that he's writing about money. Um, like kind of consulting on some kind of budget and allocation of funds. But none of the district names you see are ones that you're familiar with in Port Crescent. Uh, does he sound nasty in it or is it very... Uh... <laughs> I mean, he writes elegantly but firmly. Okay. Right? Maybe like the way you'd expect a high-ranking public official to write, I guess. All right. Just trying to get the vibe on him. Seeing if he's secretly a jerk or something. Yeah. And Cadmus, after a moment of this, he says, Cadmus, there's nothing nearby, at least. What, what are you feeling exactly? It feels larger than it's ever been before. We're not in immediate danger right now, but I can't tell how far away they are. I just, I know we need to get civilians inside and start creating a barricade again like we did the night we came to this town. It feels larger than then. He studies your face, like trying to determine if he believes you, for a bit longer than is comfortable. And finally, he stands and begins walking to the door. He says, follow me, as he sort of rounds the corner confidently. Uh, do you follow? Yes. Yep. He leads you out and to the main barracks. He walks straight in and says, wait here. And leaving you in the entryway, he slips into a door in the back of the room where you can already hear some like boisterous shouts through the thick walls. Uh, and a few moments later, he reemerges, eyes sort of locked on you, Cadmus. And he says, they already felt it too. And fully geared up paladins begin emerging from the door, like ready to act. Uh, I won't even make you roll a vibe check to know that he is like clearly showing signs of not enjoying that he's the only one out of the loop in this moment. Uh, but he gives orders to the paladin guards to like follow barricade procedures and like tells them that they know their posts and uh, what to do. And he looks to the group of you and says, where will you go? We'll go to the front lines with your people and we will stand against this menace together. Yeah, he nods and he like opens his mouth like he's going to speak, but then clearly thinks better of it. And he returns through the door, presumably to go gear up himself. Hildry, you need to go barricade yourself in your shop. Oh, like hell I do. I'm coming with you. you. Are you a fighter? Or are you a... She just points a thumb at Peck behind her and says, oh, I don't know. Ask him. And Peck, you can see like a handful of vials strung to her hip and a light blue one catches your eye, reminding you of the rapidly spreading ice that she caught you in while you were chasing her in her shop, right? And you take note of the numerous pouches strapped to her body that you like can't see the contents of, but she clearly took some things with her from the shop. Oh, yes, I, I got out of that pretty quickly. Didn't really do that much to me. That's still a full help. <laughs> she looks up at you on your unseen servant's shoulder and says, you know I can help. Don't sideline me. Don't make me watch, knowing that I could be doing something to prevent this. 
Do you believe that Moria, Mora, Mora? Do you think Mora would let us use her scrolls to defend the town? I just Moira is such a normal ass name. Moria, Moria. Uh, she says he he couldn't hurt to ask if you think we have the time. I don't know. <laughs> uh, can I can I get a vial of that stuff, that blue stuff there, Hildred? Ah, so it is useful then. Hmm? Mm, I I don't know that. That's kind of what I wanted to to study for later. She pats one of the blue vials on her belt and says, I'll be coming with you so you can study them there. Which is where, by the way. When they came the last time, didn't they primarily come in near the inn? Or am I misremembering that? Well, you were at the inn and happened to see some there, uh, but they were moving towards the center of town. And, and like with the benefit of hindsight, you can guess that they were trying to get to the crown, right? At Hildry's place. Okay, but they were coming from all directions. Yeah, no one origin, really. Like when the all-clear rang at Janetto Square, like where you joined the fight against the undead, it wasn't the only bell you heard that night, right? Like dozens of them within earshot gave you the feeling that there were like many other barricades out there where citizens were taking refuge that night. Uh, what would you like to do? What do the rest of you think? Cadmus, we'll follow your lead. You're the one who can sense these, the strongest. If we, if we wait into the center of town, that's also where the shopping district is, right? Mm-hmm. So we can go there, see about getting the scrolls or like a loan for the scrolls and then post up there and see what direction they're coming from once they get closer. All right, let's go with haste. To the town center. Okay, one Batman wipe later. You're all in Central Plaza and you must have beat the guards here because while most places are closed, there are a few people milling about here and there. I'm going to yell at all of the people as we pass them to get inside. The dead are coming. You know what? They believe you. Like, you're wearing paladin armor. The fear of the undead is very real here. And they just go when you tell them to. And before long, you're all alone in Central Plaza. It's hard to say if it'd just be odd to see this normally busy and loud place so quiet on any night, or if it's the sense of impending danger sort of coloring your perception of this particular night. But it's almost eerie here in the moonlight. Hildred, do you think we can get you can get us into the shop there? See if we can work something out with Moira. She says, Yeah, do you mean do you do you want me to knock for you? <laughs> <laughs> something tells me that breaking in won't exactly put her in the giving mood, I mean. And she does. She she pounds on the wood frame of the door, calling Moira's name up to the second floor windows. And Moira does appear at the door, sort of confused, and says, Hildry, what are you doing here? And what's going on? And Hildry steps aside and looks at you, sort of unsure of how much you're trying to divulge to her. I think we should just be up front. We have strong suspicions that more dead are coming. We were hoping you could help. We're exhausted from the day. We're, we're fresh out of magic. Uh, she blinks a moment. And she says, okay, sure, I, I can I can come with you. We don't want anyone Are to get you harmed. a fighter? <laughs> she's, I mean, she's a spellcaster. What are yeah. your stats? <laughs> if you had to give us a, a level that might be associated with you, what, what would you what would you throw on out? A, on a scale of like one to a hundred? Uh, let's or? say one to 20, 20. And let's say I'm like a four. Oh, so... so well, I'm not trying to imply. I- I'm sure you're a great spellcaster. It's you just- can let me down easy later. What's the number? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, six, maybe six. Ah, wonderful. Uh, yes, uh, yes. She, she, she'll do fine. Do you actually want Moira to come with you? Yes, Moira. You don't have to do this. Uh, she like rolls her eyes like a person who's long tired of of spending the energy it takes to tell people that she can take care of herself. 
and she tugs at a length of leather cord that's like loosely wrapped around her fingers like she'd been playing with it absentmindedly before you came by and she ties her hair back with it while pushing past you through the doorway turning to lock it behind her and she says all right uh lead the way then peck go get your vampire friend (laughs) i'm not sure what you're referring to we're, we're assembling a town militia of all of our relationships that we've been making uh, this past I would like sense. to head to bloodletting. Okay. While Peck goes off, I want to uh, turn to Harp and to Kieran. So you went to an armory earlier, did you not? Do you think we could borrow weaponry or acquire something to at least help these folks who are helping us? I know I don't have anything extra for them. Sorry, one more time. I, I was typing. I'm an idiot. Oh, no way. I was just going to see if... Why are typing? I'm an idiot. Yeah, no, I just I type it sometimes. Just got to keep it fresh. Uh, sorry, you were asking... Uh, Harp and Kira, if they had a good enough relationship with Ro to try to get some kind of... I mean, of... she did laugh at us. I think Ro would actually... She's kind of wild. I think she would want to join us, to be honest. It, the more help we have, Is this going to set back the armor building time? Oh my god. Will she be able to finish this on time? I mean, I think the undead are going to distract her regardless. I mean... If we're dead and our animals are dead, then we no longer need armor. And hey, we might get a discount. Oh, shit. Uh, the hero's discount. Okay. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, let's go talk to her. We'll get Ro while you guys get, I guess, the vampire guy. <laughs> He's not a vampire, we think. Are you going to split the party up to talk to them both? I think we could split up. That'd be a better use of time if we, you know, count two birds and one stone rather than all of us going to one place and then Scooby-Dooing over to the next place. <laughs> just, yeah. just, uh, I'll go with Fred. You always get to go with Fred. <laughs> In this analogy, uh, Harp is Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Fred and Daphne go to Rose's place. Uh, so, so the other three are going to see if they can get some Scooby snacks from Denor. Uh, actually, if no one is going to fight it, I am going to insist that Hildry and Moira join me in the center of the shopping plaza so that we're kind of equidistant. But someone is out in case they start coming. Yeah, they, they think that's a great idea, too. I am also going to, in this moment use produce flame so my hand is going to get all black and a flame will emerge and i want to just hold it it'll last 10 minutes as soon as it goes out i'm going to redo that so it's ready to go okay i also want to stay in the center of town because i trust peck enough at this point i'm going to kneel down and start doing a prayer okay yeah it's quiet here and the sound of your friend's footsteps heading towards their respective locations start to fade as you take a knee here i'm off to the north you have to ask him if he's a vampire. You, uh, I'm not going to ask him that. That'd be you, uh, you get to the door and it's clearly closed and locked for the night, but you do see Denor inside, uh, sort of busying himself with rearranging things in the front window. Knock, 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 knock. Yeah. And then louder, knock, knock. <laughs> and, he, and he looks up and gives you a wave, setting down. Shoot the, uh, to his head quickly. We, we don't have time for this. Quickly open the door. We need to speak. He looks markedly more concerned and he, he walks towards the door, opening it just a crack. And he says, my apologies. If this is about earlier with the, um, I feel that you would have done the same. No, no, none of that. That's fine. That's good. There are undead coming to the town and we need your help. He like stops mid sentence and looks at you inquisitively. Like, go on. Do you, do you have anything that we could borrow? You could come with us. We could borrow, give these items right back to you. Some type of weaponry to defeat the undead. 
I'm not sure that I see the benefit here of getting myself involved, if what you're saying is true. Not dying. What What do you want? Like, um, uh, customers to buy from you. Potentially, you can be on the front lines and see some guards <laughs> get injured and lick their blood up. I don't know. What, what would you like? That's, Alwyn, that is truly disgusting. However, okay, you don't have to be. If you make it worth my while, I'll be happy to lend you some small things from the shop. Can we get all the small things? <laughs> Um, all right, how about this? You're very much into wanting to, like, study and learn stuff about different way blood works and stuff like that, correct? Yes. All right, let me be straight up with you, my dude. I'm not this guy standing here, and then, like, I, I move my head, my pseudo-dragon head away from the Unseen Servant. Look, dude, I'm, 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 I'm a dragon. I was an elf. I got turned into a pseudo-dragon. You have my blood, not my... I, I have no pseudo-dragon pet. Um, anything we can work out with this? Even more blood? Hmm. Uh... A small smile slowly grows on his face. Oh, no. Uh, and he Son says, bitch. I knew it. The way you moved. I thought, surely. But but then the voice was so convincing. You can tell he's like really interested in the idea that you're pulling this off. And he says, listen, you know how things work here. Bring me blood. We're in business. Like like right now? Or like, can I do an IOU, borrow the weapons, bring them back, and then get your blood later? I suppose we could make some kind of pact and Uh-oh. you could bring it to me later what kind of pact Oof. a blood pact uh he opens the door more fully and he gestures for you to come in as he walks to the counter and are grabs like, there any mirrors in the shop that you want <laughs> you think a vampire would have mirrors in his own shop come on i now. don't know I don't, it'd be, but it'd be a good signifier if he does have mirrors everywhere that he's probably not a vampire are you actually looking for a mirror oh absolutely i'm just like quick glance around mirrors 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 uh, yeah you do see a small silver hand mirror sitting slightly inclined like propped up against a small stand on a table nearby uh, but the back is like ornate and facing kind of upward so you can't see any reflections on it right now can my, my unseen server grab it as i walk towards them so i can roll a sleight of hand if you'd like yeah go ahead and roll that please <laughs> to that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, your unseen servant, in an attempt to carry out your will, summons all the dexterity it has, which is to say none. Break the mirror. And <laughs> knocks the mirror completely off its stand. Oh. And Denor, like, spins around to look at you and starts rushing oh, over. Oh, sorry. I, it's it's very difficult to control this, this uh, unseen servant. I'm so sorry. He flips the stand back up and he inspects the back of the mirror, looking for any damage. Oh, Denor, I... Can you please make sure that I didn't break the glass in that mirror? But he kind of like waves a hand without looking up at you. And he says, no, there's, there's no glass. It's solid silver. I'm only worried about the detail on the back. The mirrored front can repolish if need be. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Do I see his reflection on this side of the mirror? Yeah, you're straining to look. But with how much is sculpted and carved on the back here, there's no like flat surface for you to see a, a clean reflection in. You're not quite sure. Denor, I'm going to be very honest with you. Can you see your reflection, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> he, he stops and he puts a hand to his face and he walks over to the curtain that leads to the back of the shop and you can see like a large mirror on the wall with a handwritten note stuck to it that says, don't forget to smile <laughs> in like handwritten calligraphy. <laughs> uh, and he's like, he's checking his face in the mirror because like clearly he took you saying, can you see your reflection as like, Maybe there's something wrong with his face or his hair, or like something in his oh. teeth. <laughs> Look, Denor, I, I shared something deep and impersonal, impersonal about me being a dragon. I didn't know if maybe you were a vampire and wanted to share that with me. His whole demeanor shifts when you say that. 
the listen. I just wanted to. I wanted to. Since there are undead coming, I'm. I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry. That's is not. It's not good. I apologize. He just stares at you, and then he looks down to his hand, and you see what he grabbed from the counter was a little stack of almost like note cards, and on them, uh, they look like pre-written lending contracts, like. I, Denor, agree to lend blank to blank until blank in exchange for blank upon return. Oh, and when he said make a pact, you're realizing he meant like a, like a literal business deal. I'm, I'm very sorry, Denor. It's, it's been a long day. There was a, a crown that summons undead that possessed me for a minute. It's, 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 it's been a very long day. I just want to. I just want to sleep. You know, you understand, right, Denor? I'm very sorry for the way I've acted. Hopefully we can continue to be friends after this. I really do appreciate your business. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Roll persuasion. Remember, Chandler, you have the inspiration. <laughs> Please be good to me. Well, that's an 11. You tell me if you feel like you want to roll inspiration before I tell you how that went. <laughs> I'm going to take 11. Okay, yeah. He glances up at you and he pockets the contract cards and he says, I'm afraid we're closed for the night. Denor, Denor, what if I sweeten this with a little, uh, a little, little bit of other stuff on top of uh, our little uh, agreement here? You can tell that he wants to be done with this, but also that he's interested in hearing you out. Like, his expression softens, and he and he waits to see what you have to offer. I don't know how gods work, but if they have blood, I will <laughs> give you the blood of a god. Sounds pretty cool to me. <laughs> he says, uh, I'd hardly think that the gods have need for blood, and you'll forgive me if I doubt your ability to, well, follow through on such a promise. Denor, what can I do to get your forgiveness here? If what you're saying is true, I'd prefer to not have to replace my shop window again. I'm not really worried about thieves. And he kind of smiles. Make sure that the glass lasts the night, and the next time you need assistance, I'm sure I'll be available for negotiation. I can guarantee it. He opens the door to show you out. I leave. What a vampiric dick. (laughs) (laughs) Typical vampire. I thought we were friends. Heck does, uh, blames uh, the rest of you for this because you guys were all like, yeah, he's absolutely a vampire. So Peck blames you all. <laughs> Good effort. Uh, let's check in with Fred and Daphne. <laughs> uh, Kira and Harper are heading to Rose place. And uh, when you left, she began working on the commissions you asked her for. And, and sure enough, you can hear the sound of her hammer on steel as you approach. So I'm going to walk up and I'm going to knock on the door. Yeah, she like flips up her protective eyewear and she looks at you through the glass, sort of eyes adjusting. And she waves, pointing to the door as if to say like, it's unlocked. And uh, as you open it, she says, sorry, I <laughs> I thought I said I'd be ready tomorrow. I'm still working. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I know it'll be ready tomorrow. But we seem to have a slight problem. Um, undead are coming. And uh, I thought you might actually be interested in that. You know, use the muscles, I guess. <laughs> Y'all keep hitting on her? <laughs> uh, yeah, she's, she smirks and she takes off her gloves and says, Oh, that's a good thing for you that I work pretty fast. And she starts walking towards you and grabs one of just countless handles sticking out of various boxes and barrels with finished pieces in them. And she doesn't even look to see what kind of weapon she grabbed. It's it's a big mall sort of a deal for the record. Um, And she just meets you at the door, like locking it behind her. And she slings this mall over her broad shoulder and says, 
Hey, is this going to take long? I, I still need like an hour to finish up that weirdly ornate badger armor. I mean, with that attitude, I think we'll we'll be just fine. <laughs> I love her. Does anyone have a that was easy button they can? <laughs> when you guys started talking about giving the NPCs to help you, I set DCs for all of them just in case. And she had none. <laughs> As you two like walk back towards the center of the plaza with her towering behind you, she says, you know, the last time the undead were here, I took four of them by myself before the guards showed up. And she looks perhaps more excited than anything, inspecting the rough edges of the mall head, just almost eager to put her creation to the test. <laughs> yeah. Um, before everyone gets back, I just want to... Uh, Go up to Hildry and be like, um, listen, I just, I'm sorry about before. You can understand we, we were feeling a little desperate. She nods and gives you a small smile. Like, she still obviously trusts you, despite it all. And she says, oh, it's okay, dear. With you being with Kalimvor and all, we, we have no worries. And I look at her with a guilty smile, knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon he'll be by? I, I understand you're not exactly his keeper, but... It sure wouldn't hurt to have him here on our side tonight. You know, I I think he's always with us. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. And I just I put my hand to my heart and say, uh, I think I think I feel him now. <laughs> I feel Kellenbor in the chilies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, on my way back, uh, I uh, walk slowly and. Uh, Peck cries. He's, he's not very good at making friends, and he just kind of impulsively says stuff, and uh, he's upset that he lost a friend. That's rough, buddy. Peck, are, are you alright? No, you don't see me. I'm not there yet. <laughs> oh. oh, fine. Screw you then, Peck. <laughs> Sorry, the rain got in my face. It's not raining. <laughs> now I'm back. <laughs> oh, good. While we're waiting uh, throughout that whole meditation time while they were going and talking to people, um, I will, I want to use a couple hit die because okay. I'm at 34 or 40. Yeah, go for it. Uh, you were just sitting there praying, so we can say you had time to do that with your little respite there. I'm at full health. We have but a few moments before they arrive. Prepare yourself. I think we should do that thing where we all form a circle facing outwards and then take a couple steps away from each other. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we have totally. like a perimeter. Sure, that's that's almost what you saw the paladins do that first night. Uh, in the distance, you see lights begin to illuminate and you remember the signal fires atop the large buildings that served as like fortified locations throughout the city. And for a moment, it gives you hope. The paladin guards are readying up in each square, protecting citizens huddling for shelter within. But the thought of that also serves as a stark contrast to the dark, quiet plaza you find yourselves in, away from the aid of all the others. And Cadmus, your honed senses keep alerting you that whatever's coming is drawing nearer and nearer. And you begin to wonder if eight of you is enough to hold this large square. If you'll be able to see them coming. If setting up amidst all these stalls and tents was the best tactical idea. But maybe it's too late to consider those things now, because you hear it. A far-off scream from one of those fortified squares. Then another. The sound of steel striking steel ringing dully through the night air, not quite as distant as you'd hoped. Ro raises her maul, Moira produces a wand, and Hildry pulls a small vial from her belt. Well, he goes nothing.
And she says, ah, oh, fuck, I have to do Hildred's voice. 